0: Oh, man, that was amazing. Way to go, team. Way to go, Rams. Man, that's good stuff. It's really good. I love seeing the response, too, of everybody supporting the team. Let's get this off. All right. How's everybody doing today? Doing all right? Doing all right? Is everybody, man, I just want to thank you guys so much for being a part of the recording with us because that really is our heart's desire is we want to see this is not be a College of Fine Arts thing. This is a North Central University thing. That's what makes a chapel. I mean, if you guys all leave and we play a bunch of songs, like really? Like really? No, it's all of us together worshiping God, right? Amen? So well, I just want to share a couple of things with you guys. Uh, this Today's message, I'm just titling it Rejoicing and Trembling. And uh, I want to start with a scripture. Just go ahead and dive right into it. Psalm 211. Psalm 211. This is kind of just Uh, our base scripture for today. It says, serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Let me just pray. Father, thank you so much that you are showing us who you are, that we could respond to you. I pray today that you would do that even more, all the more that you would show us who you are so that we can respond to who you are. Lord, help us not to respond out of who we are, but help us to respond to who you are. You're the one who has changed our lives. You're the one who's brought healing. You're the one who's brought deliverance. You're the one who's opened our eyes and opened our ears so that we could hear, that we could see, that we could know you, Lord. So we thank you for that today. I just pray you would be honored and glorified in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, so what I want to talk to us about today, just I, I do want to talk about worship. I don't always love preaching about worship, but it's, it's on my heart today. Obviously, we're in the recording. I just want to talk a little bit about our response to God and how that is tied to our revelation of who God is. All right? so I mean, I, I was thinking back President Hagan too your story that you shared how you were sitting in the back wall and, and, and when you didn 't really have a passion for the Lord back in the day, and you you know you thought it was a personality thing you know it 's like well that must be that 's not something I really want you know uh, but here 's the bottom line is what is happening in that situation is there's not a there 's not a full revelation of the truth. Let me just say it this way if jesus in the same form that he's revealed to us in Daniel and in Revelation, you know, the Jesus with the, uh, the eyes like fire and the sword coming out of his mouth, he literally appeared in this room right now. I don't think anybody, any worship leader would be needed. I don't think we have to go, hey, guys. Because um, you, know you know what Daniel did when he saw that image of Jesus, that vision of Jesus? He fell on his face. Like it was uncontrollable. He couldn't help. Him. He just, bam, hit the ground. And he couldn't help it. And if he felt like he was dead, he was so freaked out by this powerful, incredible vision. Because there was a revelation that he now had that he didn't have just moments before that. Does that make sense, right? There's something that he saw. There's something that he understood that now impacted or informed the way that he was worshiping. He fall, fell on his face. No one had to say, now, guys, could we please get on our knees today? Oh, could we lift up our hands today? Because God was, Jesus was right there. And so we didn't need that middle man. Right now we're kind of in that place where we do sometimes have to have a middleman, And that's all right. But I'll say it this way. Worship is, here's a little, little definition of worship. Worship is a relational response to a biblical revelation of God. Worship is a relational response. So it all starts with a relationship. To a biblical revelation of God. And it doesn't start with our ideas, but with his, right? doesn't start with our ideas what worship is. In fact, that's where you, you can go down that road. If you, if you go to Romans chapter 1, that's where it all went wrong. Is because they started making up in their own hearts and minds what uh, God was like. And they began to worship a God that they made up. So that's where it starts going wrong. Their, their hearts became darkened. And they started doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Because their hearts and minds, their revelation was now darkened. So if we want a revelation to be opened up, we want to start with what God's ideas of. So number one, balance in worship is essential. Balance in worship. What do I mean by that? Well, this means to refuse to overemphasize one particular familiar aspect of worship at the expense of the complete picture. To refuse to overemphasize one familiar, right? The way that we were raised. You have ways that you were raised. I have ways that I was raised. Those things are familiar. Maybe you grew up with a full band rocking out in worship. Maybe you grew up like me with a piano on one side and an organ on the other. I mean, and you just, that was just normal to me. It became I thought everybody worshiped that way. And so I, have, I had an incomplete picture. You had an incomplete picture. The way that we were raised informs us, right? But, and concerning who God is. Our knowledge of God, our understanding of who he is, it reflects and it informs the way that we worship him, ultimately based on who God truly is. I said this on Monday, the idea of him being lion and lamb. Like some people focus on one or the other, right? Oh, he's lying to me. Let me just ask you this question. As you grew up, how did you see God? Did you see him more as king or more as friend? how you see god affects affects the way that you worship him right so if you see god as king you're like oh reverent man he's awesome he's far away he's big unattainable i can't reach him if he's friend man, oh he's close he's he's intimate he's i can climb, he's daddy maybe he's buddy maybe he's pal either one of those extremes can go too far in fact sometimes if we think of him just as king which is honestly kind of how i grew up I saw him as big and far away and awesome, which he is. But I didn't know anything about this friend Jesus, really. The intimate side of Jesus. But if you know just the intimate side, I've seen people walking around with a, a ball cap on that said, Jesus is my homeboy. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's like that's a, that's a partial revelation there. I don't know. I don't think it's a full thing. Because maybe they forgot that he's also king. And you know, they forgot that he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And that he's also a consuming fire. But see how you were raised and how you your grid, your grid for who God is impacts the way that you worship. In the Bible, we have a lot of these both ands, just like the lion and the lamb. We have John 4.23, which tells us that that we should worship in spirit and in truth. To me, the most important word between spirit and truth is the word and. Because a lot of people make churches based on just what they think is spirit. And other people make churches just focus on the truth. And Jesus made it clear that he's looking for a spirit and truth. In fact, I would say it this way. If you think that you have spirit, in quotes, but you don't have truth, then all you have is empty emotion. Let me say it again. If you think you have spirit, but you don't have truth, all you have is empty emotion. But the opposite is also true. If you think you have truth, but you don't have spirit, all you have is dead religion. Are you with me? (laughs) Right? And so we have to live in this both and situation. He's the lion, but he's also the lamb. He's Abba Father, but he's also a consuming fire. We live in spirit. We worship him then in spirit and in truth. Number two, there's a time and a place for everything. Man, this is one of the classic, one of my favorite verses, uh, chapters in the Bible, uh, Ecclesiastes 3. Now, I think it's not written specifically about our musical worship expression, but I think it can certainly inform us on how We should be living our lives, which also impacts our worship. Let me just read it for you. Think of this in terms of what is, there. there's always a right response in worship for the right moment. There's a time for everything. So thinking of this in in the context of worship, verse 1 says, For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh. Maybe we can insert in worship. There's a time to cry. May ever been just sobbing before the lord the lord touches you and something just your life's going crazy you find yourself crying other times you find yourself laughing and joyful and excited there's a time to cry and a time to laugh there's a time to grieve and a time to dance it's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones a time to embrace and a time to turn away a time to search and a time to quit searching time to keep and a time to throw away a time to be quiet and a time to speak up right in worship there's a time to be still there's a time to to speak up there's a time to love and there's a time to hate There's a time for war in worship you know that we, we sing those songs this is how I fight my battles, right? We're warring. We understand, like we t- I talk about this in our worship leading class. Man, we understand that there is a battle going on, whether we like it or not. And our role in the battle is not to fight the devil, it's to lift up Jesus. Jesus carries the battle for us. When we lift up our God, He fights our battles for us. That's our role. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. This is a time and a place for everything in worship. So you might look around at somebody and think, why are they doing that in worship? Well, there's a time and a place for everything in worship. Number three, worship must not be driven by our personalities. I prayed this in in the prayer I was praying. It's like, God, help us not to respond based on who we are. That's not how we worship. We don't worship based on who we are. We worship God based on who he is, by his spirit, by faith. Amen? So this is, we don't worship, well, well, I'm kind of a quiet person. I've, I've shared this before, but, like, can you imagine what would happen at the, the walls of Jericho? All of Israel is gathered there, and they've been instructed to shout when the trumpet blast happens. And one guy kind of raises his hand in the back and says, well, I'm not really a shouting kind of person. And the whole assembly (laughs) just backs up, lightning, you know. And now everybody's ready to shout, right? Every voice counts. Every voice matters. It's not really based on your personality. If you're a loud person or a quiet person, there's a time when God calls us all to lift up our voice and shout just like we did in the last two seconds of a basketball game. Come on, somebody. Like, I'll shout. I was excited to see that ball go in the hoop. And you might say to me, oh, well, that's just not my personality go crazy. Well, I saw you in the stands. <laughs> I don't know. I saw you this morning. Like, I, there's no fault in that. I love sports. I love football. I, I go crazy, man. I'm jumping and yelling at the at the TV when the Denver Broncos are playing or when they're not playing. Um, but but I love sports. But I would feel like a, a crazy hypocrite if I could yell and scream at the TV. But I got nothing for Jesus. We shouldn't worship God based on our personality. I mean, what in the kingdom of heaven is is do we base how we respond to God on our personality. Does anybody feel like it's their personality to carry their cross? Yeah, I was just kind of, you know, it just, I was just born that way, you know, Jim. I just, I just kind of carry the cross. It's just, I, I can't help it. It's just my natural personality, right? No, of course it's not. Everything in the kingdom goes oftentimes against the grain, against our natural personality. Why would worship be any different? Worship is something we do by faith. It's not a response to a feeling or a personality or the way that we were raised. It's based on who he is. And I would say if we have small worship, then we have a small revelation of our God. Small revelation of God, small response to God. Big revelation, big response. Passionate response. Number four, last one. The team can come ahead and come up. We must worship God, God's way. Now, some people really struggle with God's way. He's like, well, who's God to tell me? Well, he's God. I mean, <laughs> and, and here's the thing, right? Like, God loves us. Like, we know that. That's a Sunday school answer. God loves us. But if he loves us, and that's true, if it's true, then everything that he asked us to do is covered in that love. He's not asking us to worship him outside of his persona- outside of our personality to hurt us, but to help us. He knows what is best for us. If he's saying lift up your holy hands to him, that was weird to me growing up. I thought only the weirdos lifted up their hands. But I realize it's something that God made, dare I say it, every person to do, to lift up our hands. Something happens. There's a humility that hits you. There's, there's something that happens, something that shifts in your heart. When your body says, I will obey what the Lord has said, and you lift up your hands, or you shout, or you get down on your knees. Say, Lord, I'm not just going to humble myself in my heart, but I'm going to humble my, my body, and I'm going to position myself Before the Lord. Five quick practical things, real fast. Number one, how to help you do this, right? Number one is learn what the Bible expects from you in worship. Guys, don't don't depend on your pastor or President Hagin or someone preaching here for your full knowledge of the word. Yes, go to church. Learn from your pastor. Like, glean. But the idea of a shepherd is to lead you to new pastures, not to be your only source of the truth. Like you, we have to open our Bibles and go, what is it that God is asking us to do? We need to know that. Learn what the Bible expects from you and worship. Number two, ask God to soften your heart. Man, I needed that so much. Our hearts get hard. Man, through COVID, we have pain. Every time we have pain in our lives, we tend to build walls around our hearts. We're trying to keep the pain out, and I get it. But we're also keeping the love out, and we're keeping ourselves male to give love. We're building walls around our hearts. And sometimes it takes just a shout and worship, I've heard, to tear down walls. Sometimes it's you stepping out. I've come to a worship service so many times and not felt like worshiping God. I'm the worship leader. (laughs) How could that be? I can't. But it happens. I'm a human being as well. I don't feel like worshiping God every moment of my life but I know I've walked into those services when I didn't feel like worshiping, and I was like, all right. I know that if I will do what God said, it will change my heart. So I lift up a hand, or I begin to sing, and something begins to shift in my heart. God, it's like I've opened the door. That's really what's happening. When you obey God, you're opening the door. When you disobey God, you shut the door to what he wants to do in your life. And it's crazy that God would use something like singing a song or lifting up a hand. I'm sorry. That's just what it says, though. So If you want to open the door, obey him. Lift up your heart. Number three, practice worshiping God behind closed doors. Don't allow this space or your church to be the only place that you worship God with music. Turn on a CD. turn, Turn on a song. Put your playlist on, whatever, and just worship God in your dorm room. In your car. Number four, work on the opposite of your strength. You know, again, we all have things we grew up doing. Some of us are just loud people in general. Well, you loud people, you need to practice being still and knowing that He's God. But some of us are still, and we need to practice dancing before the Lord. That's where I was. I had to practice. I'm like, okay, Lord. I told my feet, "Said so feet, Lord says dance," and I'm not a good dancer. <laughs> I'm going to do what he said. So one, two, three, four, like whatever it takes. I want to obey because I want his blessings in my life, and I want to have a closer walk with him. Number five, don't let pride keep you from coming to him his way. That's part of our issue is we let pride come in between us and God. Can we all just stand all over this place? Lord, we come to you this morning. We come to you this morning, and we desire to know you more more than anything. Not to go through the motions or do kind of what the preacher said, but we just want to know you. We want to come into relationship with you, and we want to respond to the revelation that you've given us of who you are. And, Lord, we're asking that you would increase, by the power of your Spirit, our revelation, our understanding of who you are. And if you will do that, God, if we will open the door to that, God, we know that you will help us. You will heal us. You will deliver us. You will transform our minds. Lord, help us today. Thank you, Lord. Guys, the last thing I'll say before we jump into this is that sometimes it works in reverse. Sometimes you get the revelation from God, the understanding. You go, whoa, it's like the aha moment that the prodigal son had, right? You go, oh, I finally get it. And then you respond out of that revelation. But this is, you got to hear me on this. Sometimes you just got to respond, even when you don't understand. Because you know what happens when you respond when you don't understand? You suddenly get the revelation, it's opening the door. So could we, by faith today, just lift up our hands? It's just a symbol. Could we lift up our hands all over this place and invite the Holy Spirit to invade us this morning? Holy Spirit, have your way. Do what you want to do in our hearts. Reveal yourself to us in Jesus' name. Jesus' name.